welcome to another episode of Sweet Valley Online. This week we're discussing Sweet Valley Twins number 53, The Slime That Ate Sweet Valley. I'm Dove, and nothing can stop the smooze. I'm here with my not-so-evil twins, Wing and Raven. I'm Wing. I think this sounds like a Goosebumps book, and despite my feud with R.L. Stein, I'm really excited to be here. I'm Raven. I can't wait to read the first Sweet Valley Does Real Horror. You lie! This isn't the first Sweet Valley Does Real Horror, how dare you! (laughs) Schlock horror then, maybe. Nothing will be more horror than the beautiful carnival ghost, and don't you forget it. That was very wistful. That was wistful horror, I'd say. I will wistfully punch you in your face. Wow. This has escalated quickly. Yeah, we we don't make any judgment on the carnival ghosts other than to cover our heart with our hands and go, "Ah, perfection. The Ah. greatest. The greatest. Yeah, okay, so back to this recap, because we went off topic fairly quickly. Real fast there. (laughs) Let's get this summarised. If you were hoping that The Slime That Ate Sweet Valley was some kind of dark apocalyptical story where the Wakefield clan fight an acidic ooze that eats everything in its path, then I'm sorry, you're in the wrong genre. It's actually the title of a movie that Mr. Bowman's sixth grade class makes. When faced with a bunch of kids who are sick to death working hard, Mr. Bowman, showing a spine made of marshmallow fluff, caters to their every whim. He agrees that instead of teaching them English, they may as well make a movie, since that's what they want to do. The suggestion actually comes from Elizabeth's new book-long soulmate, Leslie Forsyth. She just loves movies, but she's painfully shy. Mr. Bowman asks them all to write down the three jobs that they would be willing to do. Elizabeth obviously chooses writer. Lila writes actress three times, and then when Jessica sees this, she does the same. Leslie writes down actress, writer, and something else completely irrelevant. Her secret dream is to become an actress. Before the jobs are even assigned... Elizabeth rounds up Team Boring and Leslie to decide on a genre and script, because let's face it, nobody dares do anything in Sweet Valley without at least one twin at the helm. Various ideas are suggested and rejected, including one about a boy and a dog, an ice skater with cancer, and a schoolgirl who falls in love with a vampire. Ponder that for a second. A Jamie Suzanne suggested Twilight and decided against it. Eventually, in order to appease everyone in class who are firmly sticking to their gender roles, the girls want a soppy romance and the boys want a gore-fest horror movie, they decide to make a horror-comedy-romance hybrid named The Slime That Ate Sweet Valley. Auditions are held before the genre or script are even approved because that's just how Mr. Bowman rolls. Jessica has to audition with Randy Mason, a nerd, how embarrassing, and they knock it out of the park. Lila gives a genuinely awful performance, though her partner Winston is pretty good. Then Leslie's name is called out, but she doesn't have the nerve to audition for two reasons. First of all, Lila Fowler loudly badmouths her when her name is called. And second, she like has the biggest crush ever on Randy Mason. He's like so cute. Jobs are assigned and of course Team Boring plus Leslie are assigned as writers. Elizabeth asks her why she wrote down actress on her list. I can only assume that the rest of her friends subserviently listed writer, Elizabeth's PA, and Elizabeth's official bum wiper as their three preferred tasks, but Leslie dodges the subject. Over with the purple twin, she's flying high. 
because she got the lead role and she beat Lila, who was suggested to play the slime despite her very obviously terrible audition. And even though Jessica has to work with Randy Mason and Winston Egbert, two of the nerdiest nerds who ever nerded, Jessica's fairly happy. But things take a turn when Elizabeth writes in the obligatory YA love triangle and the slime falls in love with Jessica's character, forcing her to have an on-screen kiss with both of the nerds. Her life is over. Also, nobody can ever know, but Jessica's never kissed anyone before. Ignore the older boy, even if it is Raven's favourite. There is only one thing to do. Act like a motherfucking diva, bitches. I have no idea, actually, why they're insisting on full kisses in rehearsal. I can only imagine that Mr. Nydick had a word in Bowman's ear. This whole thing carries on in a most tedious manner until Jessica has enough and resigns. This leaves Leslie free to step in at the last minute and give an Oscar-worthy performance and kiss the boy of her dreams. Everything is awesome. Oh, and there's a subplot about Jessica and Lila's rivalry, but we'll discuss that properly in the podcast because honestly, I feel like I've been summarising this for hours. Well, did you like die of old age? Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to the Sweet Valley Online podcast. <laughs> and I'm dead. Uh, yeah, this was a very bitty story, even though not much went on. It felt like there were a lot of things that I had to bring up, and I think that's probably why this book's a bit crap, because the Jamie Suzanne of the moment kind of juggled a whole lot of balls and then just walked away, and they're still up in the air. And everyone's like, well... That's weird, but not very entertaining. Well, and what's weird about this is we think this is cheap Grapplegate, don't we? We're a bit unsure because Michael Grant said that he couldn't remember whether they did 17 or 19. If if they did 17, they bailed out. If they did 19, this is a Grapplegate. Which, by the way, is a term that the pair of them are now aware of. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a moment. We're just, we do so well with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so I wish they'd figured this out before because then I could have made my little me swear Team Grapplegate shirt. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> next time, next time. <laughs> I just think I really like the idea of this book, uh, but your recap of your recap, like this summary just now, it just made me go, God, this book is kind of nothing (laughs) like it's just there's not much that actually does anything well i found when i was coming to summarize it for the podcast i wrote i like i said to you guys before we recorded i wrote more than a page in word on the build-up and then i finished it off with a sentence like yeah jessica resigns leslie steps in a plus whatevs you know because it felt like it was 90% build-up and then 10% end, but there was no middle. To be fair, that, it does reflect the book pretty well, that, because, I mean, I enjoyed the book. I, th- I, I thought it was it was fine, but my big gripe with it was there was no payoff. It was 80 pages of, we're making a film. Here's the process of making a film. And at the end of it, it's like, we've made a film, the end. They didn't bother showing any parts of the film. They just had like a thing where it was like, oh yes, we've made a film. Everyone came to watch the film and it was good. Bye. You know what I mean? There was no like little snippets from the film or anything like that. Well, as you described it, uh, Dove, it, it seemed to be a lot of build up and very little payoff. 
Yeah, well, they don't even give us any dialogue at all from the film because when it comes to the audition process, Mr. Bowman pens a, an audition scene, which is fine. That's a thing, I guess. Um, you know, it's not unheard of. Before they've even got the genre nailed down, much less the script, the title, any of that, or what parts they'll need. So they they just kind of did a cattle call and tested everyone's acting ability to this screen, uh, this this particular scene where a boy and a girl, uh, a couple, are arguing, and there's only about five lines of that, but that is later shown. But it's it's not part of. The movie it's just something mr bowman knocked together and to be honest i'm sure there are better scenes to test people's acting ability than a piece of shit knocked together by a half drunk english teacher 10 minutes before it goes live also utterly baffling he handed to them at handed the scripts to them at the audition like what if someone's like really shit at reading written words because i really am uh but great once they're memorized it's just i don't know everything was completely half-assed because it had to turn around so quickly but i don't understand why in universe it had to turn around so quickly given that this is a universe that has 78 christmases a year Time is utterly malleable. It's not fucking Potter where we have to have like Christmas and then everything goes to shit after Christmas. I mean, that's a really good point. But why is this a last minute thing? Like, why couldn't this have been the kind of project that this is the time of year when we do a movie project? And here's you're going to spend this many weeks writing a script and then we're going to move on to this part of it and in this class or whatever. Like, it could it doesn't have to be a really fast turnaround. But it could yeah. have been a bigger. It could have been a bigger thing. But I sort of give them a little bit of leeway on the fast turnaround thing because they basically did, which is something I don't give them leeway for. But they basically did. Uh, oh, what? What do you want to do then? Oh, a movie. All right then. You know, it wasn't a case of it is now the term in which we do a movie. It was a case of going to do another test today. Fuck you, Bowman. We don't want to do tests. Okay, what do you want to do? A movie. Uh, look at me, watch you. I've got two weeks. Yeah, all right then. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't a case of it wasn't a case of having it all planned out. So I can sort of buy into the fact that they had no real setup for the auditions and and things like that. You know? But, oh yeah, like with what it is, I think that's very true. But I think Dove has a point. Like, why is it what it is? Like, why have they? Yeah, the writer made the choice. <laughs> My answer to why it is what it is, is the staff are just fucking useless. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, like, so far we've had, like, Sweet Valley Days, which celebrates the founding of the Aryan Nation. Uh, hmm. uh, Sweet Valley. Um, well, I know we've got um, a school trip coming up. We've had a couple of school trips previously. Um, you know, the choir every year at Christmas, they do the ca- uh, the battle of the carol singers or yeah. only less cool than I've just made it sound. Um, You know, they could have easily gone, yeah, like Wing said, this is the movie segment of, um, you know, social studies or English or or even like, oh, hey, it's one of those free-for-all. I mean, they could have even sort of done it. My school at a certain point did a three-day sort of thing where all regular lessons were suspended and you went off and did specialized things and for some reason i did cooking which is laughable yeah but 
The other option was some sort of art that you were only allowed to do if you were already taking art. And so it was like 30 people did cooking, 20 people did art. And then literally the rest of the school walked around the school field and collected flowers. So it's actually a fucking miracle that I was in a decent lesson. I want to walk around and pick up flowers. Those kind of things are probably better organised in in better schools. But it could have been that. It could have been, right, okay, for two weeks we're doing a school-wide project and it's going to have a really tight turnaround and here's why. Could it be that one of the reasons why it wasn't written like that is because the actual books themselves have a really tight turnaround and to write something like that where the school has a well-thought-out plan and a curriculum that is working around making a film for the next three months or something would have taken research on part of the Are you kidding writer? me? Did you just say research? I, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. It would have needed research. So they just did it. So, that, so that's why the staff are so shit because the writers haven't got time to research what good staff would do. Right, but you don't have to say, oh, we're only doing this, like, just because there's no time to research it doesn't mean they can't say, this is a thing that happens every year, and this is what we're doing. Just like they did with the, the choir competition, or, hmm. hell, even with the cheerleading, uh, regional hmm. cheerleading championship. That's something that happens all the time. This is the first we've heard of it in that book. Hmm. Even though, yes, there's no way a brand new team would have been hosting it, they set it up as, this is a thing that happens, and sweet, it's happening in Sweet Valley okay. this year. Yeah. As opposed to oh, you don't want to do what I'm doing in my lesson plan, well, I'm going to let you make a movie randomly instead of it being the lesson plan is a movie. Does that make sense? Probably not. Did he do any research? Definitely not. Okay. How about this then? How about the reason they did it like this is because it's it's an aspirational thing for 11-year-olds reading it to be able to dictate their own lesson plan? Okay, you know what? That I will give you. That's just how the Wakefields roll, though, so... (laughs) Well, then it's all aspirational. <laughs> yeah, but no, the other one I wouldn't give you because okay. nobody ever researches anything. I mean, you know, we've got Brooke and her rock star mum coming up soon uh, to, to podcast, and I really doubt anybody did even a shred of research about the music career. You know, Sweet Valley has a long history of going, this is a thing that Sweet Valley does. Fuck you, I'm not going to explain it. all i can imagine is uh well francine i read an interview with her and she said that she sort of has very solid outlines for every single book the writers do not write the book i write the book that's close enough to a just nonsense just nonsense like Right, okay. Um, then you have the counter from Team Grapplegate and Michael Grant cheerfully going, yeah, the outlines were shit, we rewrote them. I mean, he didn't quite say that, but I'm I'm paraphrasing very loosely there. So possibly it was an outline that they got, you know, the kids decide to make a movie. But yeah, it's just a, it, it was a weird choice. Like everything was so half-assed and it didn't have to be because while the books are turned around in a month, the book doesn't have to reflect that month inside it. They could have written like eight months and Sweet Valley, just like time just goes on and on and on. And 
wing having gone through the American school system will be going hang on how can it be football season it was Easter last week or I don't know something that makes no sense no, that, that does make no sense and it's something I do and I know that it doesn't make sense in the series I realize that time doesn't have any meaning but I can't help it <laughs> oh. yeah so that that's what I mean like it consistently doesn't make sense so yeah. it could have mm. continued to not make sense in there oh yes this is where we spend three months doing this. Um, you know, we do it every year. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, everything was very half-assed about this. Um, Jessica and Lila's rivalry was kind of tedious, but at least a little bit fun. Because in this book, Lila decides that she's going to be an actress, even though she's never shown any interest before. But cool. I can see that of Lila. She would want to be the star. But one thing about it was um, she auditioned and she was terrible. And Mr. Bowman encouragingly sort of said, maybe put some more emotion into it. And she just yelled instead, just like she just went louder rather than emotional. And she was genuinely awful. And people were sort of like sniggering behind their hands and feeling embarrassed for her. And then they offered her the role of the slime. And I'm like, wow, really? Either she had to give a better performance than that. Or she doesn't get the third most important role, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the offering the, the, the part of the slime, was that at the part where the script wasn't written? It was unwritten at that point. So it could well have been the slime could have been a grunting, mumbling sort of part. True. I mean, with hindsight, looking at what the slime was... Yeah. then Lila was obviously not the person to choose for there. And I also think, because Mr. Bowman was reading out the, wasn't he? Did he read out the, giving out the parts? Yeah. That might have also been, tell you what, let's offer it to Lila. She won't do that in a million years. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, that might have been a teacher's lounge joke. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like somebody mm. dared him. I like that. Yeah. 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 Offer it to Lila, see, see what she does. Or it could also have been, if they at this point thought, well... The part of the slime is going to be the a cool part, but horrifying and not require much acting ability at this point. Let's offer it to Lila because if Lila's involved at that at the, the on the act, acting level and she wants to do it, we'll have all the best equipment and stuff. Yeah, because her dad will sort it out. We'll we'll get loads of cool things to be able to facilitate the actual creation of the film. Wow, that's depressing. Well, very yeah, American, very logical. Yeah, yeah. but I, I personally, I'm going to go with the yeah. Let's offer it to Lila. Silly oh, she'll cow. never take. She'll it, never right? take that. Oh, you know. Mm. Yeah. This is the book where Lila. She eventually decides to be a cameraman. Is that right? She does. And yeah. She, she gets the best camera, and in the B plot, she actually. Um, she films lo- loads of people doing embarrassing things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so so Lila gets a camera. Um, she decides to become a camera a camera person, and her dad supplies her with a really cool camera that can do nighttime visions and all manner of special things. And Mister Nidick does not steal it immediately. No, no, no. I'm sure Mister Nidick's got and get all gets all of his cameras in bulk from. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um. So and then she spends most of the book just filming her friends. And other people just in really embarrassing situations. Yeah. Mm. Um, which, which did, did everyone enjoy that? Was that fun? Was that not fun? Or it was very Lila, but it was a bit 
tedious to read about for about the 87th page. It was a bit repetitive. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, every few pages, some a unicorn was complaining to another unicorn that Lila filmed her, I don't know, smudging her lipstick or dropping her milkshake down her. And it's like, what the fuck has happened to you guys? Why are you suddenly so clumsy? Like, I liked what Lila was doing. It did get repetitive. And I kind of wish we'd seen more of the fallout from it where they try to they get back to her. It seemed like a lot of stuff happened off page in this book. Like, we are told in story about things that are happening. And I wanted to see more of that. Uh, including your point, which I definitely want Raven to talk about, that we don't even get to see the movie itself. Self, yeah, yeah, which is a big point he made in the written recap when he was commenting. Uh, it's all build up, it's all build up <laughs> and no payoff, which is just terrible. This is one of the reasons why I think that it was written not by Grapplegate but by the next in line, yeah, because the, the pacing seems off. It seems to be written by somebody who hasn't done one of these before and has went, Right, I'm going to tell this story and it's going to be great, and then halfway through the month I've got to write it has only written 10% and went, oh shit, I didn't realise it would be this hard. Fuck it, I won't bother researching anything or anything like that, or the plans that I've had. I'll just write it. I'll write, 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 write. How many la- How many pages should this be? 100 pages, shit. I've spent 90 pages on the build-up to the film. I haven't got space to write right. the film, and I haven't got time to go back and rewrite what I've written to give me space to write the film. So I'll just end it. Um, it it felt felt like somebody was writing their first Sweet Valley. Yeah, because uh, to add to that, um, I think Wing's got a big point, but I've just got a little one. So do you mind if I sneak in? No, go for it. There's a there's a C plot where pranks are going on. It was so tedious, I didn't even put it in my written oh, recap. God. But yeah, um, there was like a, a weird cricket noise and a blackboard eraser fell off or something like that. And it was one of the eight billion Peters that go to Sweet Valley. We do actually have a tag, too many Peters. And it was like, Jesus fucking Christ, how many balls have you got in the air at the moment? It does, yeah, it definitely, I think that's a really good point that Raven's made, that it does seem like it's somewhat new to serial writing, possibly, period, and ghostwriting, but at least to Sweet Valley Twins, because the pacing is off, and it's like they didn't know how much space they'd have, how much time things would take. There's a lot of stuff going on, way too much for a Sweet Valley book. I mean, it's rare to get a C-plot anyway, even the Mm. most innocuous of C-plots, and it we don't even see it it's just kind of mentioned briefly just hit 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 even less than we get a hit of here's what's going on in the movie or here's what's going on with this so the structure is really the problem which is sad because i think it had a really good premise and i like some of the pieces of it i really love the jessica and lila back and forth both over what's going to happen when lila's videotaping her friends in embarrassing situations but even just the stuff about jessica's quote-unquote first kiss which we'll touch on in a second Mm. and practicing for things and lila wanting to do this because she wants the attention and jessica really being better and how that clashes like i like it when they're best friends that are also set against each other so i think all those are fun things we just the overall pacing ruins even the good stuff Mm. actually with you saying that i was just thinking that if this got rewritten now, Lila would have to be a point of view character. And I think it would be much more interesting to see because we're frequently told that Jessica is jealous of Lila because she has like a great VCR and, and you know, the best 
eight ton television and a you know a three cd changer or whatever was cool in you know the 90s um but it would be nice seeing lila on the other side of it going fuck jessica with her two parents who are always home despite having full-time jobs allegedly and part-time job for alice but i take your point yeah and we get some of that uh i think it said the unicorns go hawaiian Mm. We yeah, definitely haven't got to that bit yet. Yeah, we <laughs> have not recorded that yet. Uh, so yeah, we'll see some of that coming up. But yeah, there is always kind of in that background that they're jealous of each other for very different reasons. And I do think you're right. In a longer book that was published now, you'd see more back and forth between them. And it would turn less on this, oh, the nerdy boys, and more on how these two very popular girls uh, who are friends and enemies, so I guess frenemies, how they love and hate each other in turn for, for very interesting reasons. Also, that has just reminded me of another little point. Yeah, Winston saving their asses at that championship sure the fuck didn't last very long, did it? Because no. yeah, being, oh god, not Winston. This wasn't a special edition, was it? Or a super no, chiller or anything? No. Do you think it might have been at some stage? Because it seems to ignore the previous stuff about about Winston and stuff, and usually there's a little more continuity than that, and also there seems to be a lot of things that they were trying to get into it, and it's got a title that makes me almost think it could be a super edition, and it also deals with the the new girl who's already been around thing that a lot of the super editions do. To be fair, that's not unique to that, is it? I mean, um... Hmm. If you click on the Booklong Soulmates tag on our site, you'll see quite a long list of uh, people who've always been at Sweet Valley Middle, but um, okay. it's just Elizabeth's. I don't know. I don't think that it was. I think you were right first time when you just said it was a new Jamie Suzanne. Hmm. And fair, fair. this Jamie isn't that good or hmm. hasn't hit her stride yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do say that I kind of expected it to be a super edition too, especially after stuff like the Carnival Ghost, like this sort of setups, or even the, I know, but even the class trip, or even like having the Hawaii book being one of the special Mm. editions, because there is so many things going on, and there's all these different characters popping up that we don't always see a ton of. Uh, So maybe it was originally at least pitched to be that and it ended up not being so it could be different combinations i'm just thinking um is what makes them a super chiller super edition or whatever the fact that they're set during school holidays that could be it yeah maybe maybe because if it is then then it does throw out that theory but yeah i am aware that there's a solid chance someone will go for you know, for fuck's sake, Dove, pay attention. So and so was clear, clearly during so and so. Well, wasn't class trip during the school year, right? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was the beginning of a of like half term or something. I thought it was the last day of term or something like that. Yeah. Mm. That's still during class. I mean, that's so class trips during the summer or like on vacation's not really a thing here so much well because i mean you could argue that the christmas ghost was technically during term time because you know the first few chapters are are the last day or two of school so i would also argue that the choir competition one covers at least part of the time when they would have still been in classes but there's still there's still time where they're christmasy yeah 
they, 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 yeah. yeah yeah so then i'm gonna go back and have a look at the class trip um just to see because i think it was the beginning of the holidays because the beginning of the holidays would still be a book that's written that's a bit longer than the other books for the kids to read while they're on holiday rather than yeah for people to read while they're not on holiday you know to be honest i think it's not so much that the kids are on holiday it's more the fact that they're about to be on holiday or yeah or that it's a holiday that america very much respects because quite a few are set on halloween we british don't really care for halloween we don't care well, also, if you're going to do a spooky story, Halloween is pretty solidly a time to set it. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, that's how you get 500 Halloweens in one school year, Sweet Valley. I don't know. I I think that this is just a regular book with a new yeah, baby, yeah. Suzanne, who hasn't really that's honed true. it yet. Um, because there was nothing actually creepy about it. There is a later chiller where they're making a real movie in sweet valley a real movie is being made in sweet valley sorry that makes yeah. it sound like the kids are making a real movie and it's filming at a haunted house or something or a house that is you know has a history to it and that's a super chiller so yeah i don't necessarily think the book as written was meant to be one i just it kind of has these feelings of something that wants to be one yeah uh, oh right so Let's talk about that first kid. <laughs> yes, because apparently Josh Angler no longer counts. I mean, he certainly did when Jessica was sort of like, yes, I kissed a 15-year-old. No, he's not going to jail because he didn't know I was, like, so young. Um, you know, it counted he's back then. not going to jail anyway. Yeah. <sighs> but, um, yeah, no longer counts now. And um, also, at a later date, there will be a book called Jessica's Animal Instincts, which does have her first kiss in it. I don't know what it's about, but it sounds well kinky. Like, is Jessica a furry? <gasps> yes, I was going to say werewolf, but I'm going to go with furry even more. <laughs> or maybe a brody. So taking it's canon then that Mr. Nidig doesn't kiss on the mouth? Must Clearly. be, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, cool. They're still kissing from his side of things. Hmm. Come on now. <laughs> um, so, in the written recap, you were really uh, unhappy with this uh, rewriting of the first kiss, even with what Jessica says about it, right, uh, Dove? Yeah, but I think most of it comes from the fact that this isn't the first time that her first kiss is going to be written off. Right. Um, because... You know, I don't want to give spoilers, but she does get kissed between... Because I haven't read Jessica's Animal Instincts, but it does talk about her first kiss. And I know that uh, okay. at some point between the book we're currently recapping and that one, she has been kissed. So it's more okay. like it's the fact that every so often the Jamies want you to hop and down and go, Oh my God, first kiss, first kiss. And you're like, no, third first kiss. No longer means anything. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely saw your frustration with that, and I got that. If you set aside that, or if you take it as her reasoning that it doesn't count because he didn't know, or they didn't get back, or whatever, whatever her reasoning is, if you take that as wrote that she doesn't feel like she's had a first kiss, I really love that she was worried about having that first kiss on camera with these two actors like that's 
that's where it's turning is her concerns that she doesn't want her very first kiss to be with uh, either of these two nerds who are in these roles because she wants to have it with someone she cares about, not in public. And I thought that was really sweet and a lot of fun. Yeah. Though I did also think that the real Jessica would have taken that as a sign to just immediately go kiss Aaron to get it over with and make sure she controlled it. But, you know, I thought it was sweet that she had that worry. Like, she didn't want her first kiss to be this public thing. However, if it didn't count previously with Josh because of whatever these reasons, it wouldn't count with another actor too, Jess, so come on. Yeah, that's the, the point I was going to make. If Jessica can can um, logic away her actual first kiss with Josh as not a kiss, then her first kiss on stage with Winston will definitely not be a kiss. Especially yeah. especially if she, she doesn't want that to be a kiss, where she clearly wanted the other one to be a, her first kiss. Exactly. You know, so yeah. And actually, that's an interesting, because I've just gone back to look at what she said. Apparently, she says that the kiss with Josh doesn't count because she didn't kiss back in a meaningful way, which I call bullshit on because she desperately wanted him. Yeah, because I seem to remember her telling Lila that he kissed her a couple of times. So it's not even as if, you know, there was supposed to be this one kiss and she kind of missed the window to put some, you know, right. response into so it. Yeah. yeah, no, no. But she definitely <laughs> says a couple of times. I think that might have been exaggeration on her part. Oh, okay. Trying oh. to sort of, you know, big it up for Lila because I seem to remember the way it was written back in when I read The Older Boy. It was written as, and then Josh leaned forward and kissed her. Okay. Kissed her lightly on the lips or something like that. So it wasn't written as, then they kissed. Okay. It was written as, he kissed her. So that logic of her not kissing back can sort of canonically be accepted, if you know what I mean. However, I still think that if she logic this one away, oh, right, then yeah. she's logic the, the, the rest in a way, because she's not soft. And actually, I am more willing to accept that kind of logic in a way if she feels like she didn't have a chance to kiss back. Not that she's saying, oh, I chose not to kiss back. Yeah. She feels like she missed her chance. But okay, that doesn't really feel like a first kiss. Yeah. I'll give her that. I think if she missed her chance to kiss back, I think that they should have mentioned that in the book. They didn't mention that in the book. And um, even if she said, "Oh no, we kissed. It was wonderful." We know that the Jessica exaggerates. Oh, and, yeah, like yeah so that's yeah, Lila that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think she'd have would have had a little bit of a monologue saying, "Oh, I, I missed my chance to kiss him back" or something. So yeah, that would have been nice. Also, can we just talk about how creepy it is that these kisses are supposed to be in the rehearsal? Like, that's why she's being such a drama queen because she doesn't want to get to the kiss because, like, pretty much everything. Like, I was vaguely involved in drama, although I went to an all-girls school, so there wasn't much kissing in it. But anything that sort of required a bit of oomph, like we pushed someone down the stairs. Uh, I mean, it was literally two steps. Uh, we only did that the once. Um, you know, in rehearsal, we just took her arm and then she stepped off the stair. That seems really dangerous to not have practiced it. Yeah, that's probably utterly true. It, it was literally only two steps anyway, um, so it was only like a foot off the ground or whatever. But she, well, I mean, I get that, but to do it only for the first time while you're performing, that seems dangerous. Okay. Um, just just to c- come into the, to, to get away from the obvious health and safety issues from Dove's school, 
the 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 rehearsal kiss. Are we sure that there was going to be a kiss in rehearsals? Because uh, maybe not. There was never the boat. Mister Bowman never went, for example, in the book, and now you know, and go, and, and now you kiss. You know what I mean? There was never. It was just her worry of having to kiss. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's in, in rehearsals, and to be honest, uh, obviously I've done quite a lot of drama. Um, kissing in rehearsals when you get to university level um, is that's fine. You do it. That yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's fine. Beforehand, I also went to an all-boys school. Didn't really have much. The only one it, that we really did with the girls' school next door, we did... Um, uh, what did we do? We did Camelot, which doesn't have much kissing in. But I believe the the A-level sort of 16, 17-year-olds, they'd have rehearsed with kissing. When we were in school, the fight scenes and stuff, we would have rehearsed. Yeah. But there's one big thing that we're not really talking about in this in that rehearsing for a public performance is much much different to rehearsing for a film because you don't need to rehearse the kiss because when you get to record it if you get it wrong you do it again until you've got it right (laughs) it's not a case of we've got to do this 15 times to make sure when we hit it on the day when people are watching it looks brilliant it's just like yeah we'll gloss over that don't worry and now we're recording. Okay, so you guys have got a kiss. You're okay with that? Off you go, kiss. Now, I didn't look good. Do it again from this angle. Looked fine. Off we go. You know, it, you don't need to rehearse it there. So her worry, I think, is not is not founded if it is a rehearsal worry. How much rehearsing are they doing? They've got two weeks to do the thing anyway, yeah. So. I know, like, why? It seems like they do a lot more rehearsing than recording. Yeah, and <laughs> I believe... pointed that out. Yes. Huh. All I can think of for the actual rehearsal would there be a read through, and then they'd be yeah. told to go away and learn the lines, and maybe a second read through, and then they'd record it. The only reason I think there might be more, or the scene there might be a lot, is because we've got two weeks to make a film. In the first week, the actors and stuff have really got fuck all to do other than rehearse. Yeah. Because the first week, the other people who have got to find sets and make costumes, they've got to do all of their things before we can that's actually fair. make the film. So, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, I was just going to say, can we take a moment to uh, mock the boys for the fact that they've never actually seen a horror movie? Because... Um, Have we not? Uh, well, Is that in the book? No, it's not. But um, Okay. One of the um, when the boys are lobbying hard for a horror movie around the same time that the unicorns are lobbying hard for some sort of cancer movie with soppy kissing and you know basically gack up a kidney and sell it to um, <laughs> Lifetime, but the boys are like, yeah, we want a a horror movie with like loads of cobwebs and 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 spiders and and bats. And you're just listing shit from a haunted house in an amusement park. Ha 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 ha. from arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they'd only read Goosebumps, the haunted house by Goosebumps or whatever it is. Oh, so that's it. Oh, I like it. That would make so much sense. <laughs> Can I just ask, though, is, is, is cancer movie an actual genre? Yeah. I would say yes. That's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. Just like cancer book is a YA genre. Absolutely. Cool. I fucking hate cancer movies. They make me angry. 
The Hallmark, isn't it? All the Hallmark stuff cancer movies. No, that's Lifetime. Lifetime likes to... Yeah. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, Hallmark's all about... Hallmark is like romance and holidays, right? Like all the, your Christmas movies, right? They're... Scenery porn! Just turn the sound down, forget that it's full of white people, and look at all the fucking background. It's epic! <laughs> uh, words cannot describe how much I love Amazing. Hallmark movies. I don't care what they're Amazing. about. I am literally there for the background porn. Did the slime actually eat Sweet Valley? No, it ate Caroline Pierce. Is that all it did? Did it, did it eat the it teacher ate the as well? Uh, as well. Uh, the principal. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So by eating Carolyn Pierce, though, it's basically eaten Sweet Valley since her hair stores all of the secrets and fake secrets and lies. <laughs> <Sweet Valley. laughs> it hate the gossip. It hate the the, the, the queen of gossip. Exactly. That's it. it. Gossip. It ate everything. Hands full of secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it ate a couple of people. Um, okay. But I think to eat Sweet Valley would be an overselling. I mean, surely you've got to kill one of the Wakefields to take out Sweet Valley. <laughs> I kind of yeah. see it like a computer game. Like, you've you've got to hit, you know, the hub somehow. <laughs> take out the heart. Yeah. That's fair. So, touching on the plot with um, the girl who wanted to be an actress and her friend who worked at the... Sweet Valley video. video store. I was thinking Sweet Valley video. That was the one. Yes. What do we think of that? Because she's called Leslie, and her adult friend it, who works there is called Deirdre. I know That's because it, I couldn't type either of these fuckers, and I actually had to <laughs> add them to autocorrect in Word. Oh my God. <laughs> I just keep <laughs> fucking it up. So, what did we think about Deirdre? Oh, meh. Anything. It seemed like the big cliche. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because basically, wasn't she a failed actress, except for she'd never failed because she'd never tried, and oh my god, it's just like Leslie. And when yeah. Leslie tries out, oh my god, she learns to have the strength. And guess what? She's going to be on Days of Turmoil tomorrow because that's how fucking easy it is. All you have to do is believe yourself, believe in yourself, and be thin. And Noah Wakefield. Uh -huh. <laughs> and breathe. <laughs> Strongly there. I don't know. Yes. It just pisses me off. Like, whenever someone needs to go and live their dreams, all they need is, like, a pep talk from someone who, like... I mean, she, she didn't even get her pep talk from a Wakefield, which I suppose is refreshing. But they immediately <laughs> sort of like, yes, I haven't ridden a horse for 35 years because of the terror. But now that Elizabeth's told me to, I've won the Grand National. Fuck off, bitches. <laughs> nice. You know, it's really, <laughs> it, it goes from, no, I, I have angst. I, I have issues to winning. It's just... That it is binary, me off. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's yeah. either nothing or everything. Fair. Okay, so uh, have we exhausted all we're going to say about the book? I think we have. I think basically yeah. our position is too much going on, not enough payoff. Yeah, that's about right. Agreed. The only thing I do want to say is that uh, Raven has basically promised to write us the movie script <laughs> with Light the Valley. So, listeners, please keep reminding him he's a uh, Bookshelf Raven underscore right? Yeah, no, no underscore yeah. bookshelf underscore Raven, is it? I can't, I can't even remember. What is yeah, it? It's your, it's your Twitter handle. Let me have a look. 
Oh, I've got it. Hang on. It's, uh... Bookshelf underscore Raven. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so please go write bookshelf underscore Raven at Twitter that he is going to write us the movie script for the slide that ate Sweet Valley by the end of this year. Encouragement is great. Bribery also works, I'm sure. I don't believe there was a deadline on this, but, but yes, yeah, by the end of this year. So. That's fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we say all that, but, uh... <laughs> Um, Raven actually said in his recap of um, the Wakefield strike at Rich that he'd love to see Lila doing a Brewster's Millions <laughs> type thing. And I said, yeah. gosh, don't we have our uh, nano project for this year? So if you want that, also pester Raven. No, no, Thank he you. already had his nano with the slide that ate Sweet So basically, it's just Pastor Raven. That's just yes. just, just the message from this, this, this podcast. Pastor Raven. Okay. That's every podcast. That's fine. <laughs> Okay, so should we move on to Bleak Valley? Elizabeth discovered horror movies. Well, actually, some of it is filmed in the basement, isn't it? Um, in Leslie Forsyth's basement. So maybe Elizabeth's sort of like looking around at, you know, her hideous surroundings and going, this would make a great horror film. Hmm. Maybe Elizabeth actually saw a Lifetime movie. <laughs> <gasps> That's very possible. I like that. She just realised she lives in a shithole. Yeah, she's just become self-aware. Hmm. So she's like a computer that's become self-aware. Well, maybe she's Leslie, um, and what she actually wants to do is go outside or be like a normal kid, and she really wants to, and um, but she and she's sort of like plucking up the courage and like the Lila saying, ah, Leslie's a nerd, she'll never do it. Um, she overhears sibling or parents or pretty much anyone who knows about her just bad-mouthing her going, well, Liz is a waste of space, isn't she? And blows it and sort of... I don't know where this is going, though, so feel free to jump in if you can rescue me. Yeah, that's the only analogy I've got, that initially, you know, she wants to go outside and the audition scene represents her plucking up her courage to ask... And then freaking out. But, of course, the book itself ends with Leslie able to live her dream, whereas we all know that Elizabeth is never going to live her dream. Well, Elizabeth has to give herself a happy ending in her stories because she's never going to get it in real life. The fact that she's still alive half the time is a shock. Mm. I like the fact that she could have seen a horror film and then the reason that stuff is happening in the basement in this horror film that she's creating could be a case of, well, her believing that where she lives is probably the, the most horrific thing that she can think of. <laughs> you know. No, that's sad, but I like that. That's good. Or maybe even the fact that it, it, it starts off as a horror film but then basically becomes a love triangle. Because we don't really see... Because we just, from Jessica's point of view, we don't really see see much of the horror film about it do we we only see oh god i'm really worried because of the kiss and i've got to do this and we don't really there's no real 
discussion of like the death scenes of the of the people being eaten or or anything like that. So right. maybe she's not seen all of a horror film. Maybe she's just seen the first half before her parents were like, "Right, go to bed now. Fuck off." Or has she seen the PG cut of it? Like, I don't know if you've ever oh, seen yeah. a PG cut of something and then seen, like, when you were a kid and then seen the full thing when you're an adult. And you're like, holy shit, this scene actually makes sense now. <laughs> I like that a lot. You know, with the use of that sentence and that death scene, all of a sudden, big plot hole just vanished. Yeah, that's good. That is good. Also, they film in Leslie's basement and uh, perhaps Bleak Liz thinks that she has to have something to offer in her pointless, tiny, dust-covered life to offer to other human beings to make herself useful. And she's like, well, this might be a shithole, but it would make a great movie set. This is what I could (laughs) offer real humans. Oh, that's so sad. So it seems like this one is more a bleak situation, but no real underlying bleakness, if you know what I mean. Well... Nothing... This is just her riffing on her life, rather than her breaking her leg, if you know what I mean. Rather rather than something happening to her to make her think a certain way, this is more her just going, "Ah, it is what it is. This could be a horror film. maybe the siblings even got an issue this time because Deirdre isn't a fully grown adult but neither is she a tween like the core cast mm-hmm. Deirdre needs the push um, from Leslie to go and live her dream so maybe um, the parents have knocked sibling about and it's kind of knocked their confidence and Bleak Liz actually you know says something or does something to Brighten their day, yeah. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah. Wonder if that'll have repercussions down the line. Who if knows? If the siblings will do something, yeah. If the you know if the if the siblings start showing some compassion, kindness, yeah. compassion is a good word, yeah. Or if the parents find out and just bray her with a ladder or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Cut off all their hair. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Do we have anything else for Bleak Valley, or is it a very basic? No, I think that's pretty pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Good work. Okay. Well, in that case, shall we rate this book? And for those listening, the ratings are stupendous, good, meh, bad, and kill it with fire. And. I would put this, see I always think I like this more than I do and then I read it and it's a big letdown. So I think I'd put it bottom of the barrel at good because for some reason it stays in my memory as like proper just crawled over meh. It's only there just by the skin of its teeth. Because for some reason, my brain keeps going, you like this. And then every time I read it, I'm like, eh, I like the idea of it. You know, it's it's like The Bully. That's another book that I always think I like. And then I read it and it's actually quite rubbish. But for some reason, I'll give it a, you know, a just about good rating. 
because it's not quite terrible or anything cause otherwise i'd remember that so yeah i'm gonna put it bottom of the barrel good okay well uh, i am gonna rate this one as a low meh uh, i in a way i was like dove in that i thought i enjoyed it more than i did i quite liked the setup i quite enjoyed the discussion of film that they did but it lost a massive number of points because it didn't show the film if it have shown some of the film it would have been fine but without doing that you're just wasting everyone's time it was just the ending was awful jessica actually got on my nerves a little bit about the with the whole oh, oh what am i doing i'll be a diva i was just like fuck off you were uh, really into acting and you had what's her name the dolores de fay dolores de fay that's the one you had, you had dolores de fay helping you in talking about what it means to be an actor and this is basic shit jessica you either come to gr- get to grips with it or you just walk away i enjoyed the premise but there was enough about this book to make me want to throw it into the sea so i'm going to go with a low meh I think I'm going to go with a high meh. Maybe even a low good. Like, I like the idea of this book a lot better than I like the book itself, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I really love Jessica and Lila throughout. I liked Jessica's discomfort over that, that whole kiss sake, if you could ignore the fact that she's already had her first kiss. <laughs> and I think it's just a cute idea, not necessarily well done, because it does, as everyone said, feels like a lot of build-up, no real resolution. So yeah, high meh on that. It was entertaining, but not great. Yeah, because um, we didn't s- mention this in the the actual recap, recap par- portion, and it probably would have made more sense to do that. But there's actually quite a lot of detail about Lila showing videos of the embarrassing things that we've already read about the unicorns doing. So they're rehashing something that already happened at the expense of the movie and i think that is very annoying yes yeah and while we're also talking about things that we didn't mention in the main recap i also found it quite annoying that um what's her name maria didn't want to get involved to be fair in the film um the drama club was a big deal in one of the earlier books and to be honest probably better thing for maria to be constantly attached to so while i agree with you it's annoying that they didn't get you know superstar maria in there i can sort of let that one slide yeah it was more a fact of not necessarily have her be involved but it surprised me that no one so said maria why don't you want to be in this that's a good point though don't they at one point like someone asked her i don't think they ask her as much i think that she's with mandy at one point and they just mentioned that well, it's a, it's a pride. It, it was just surprised that more wasn't made of it. That's all I'd I, say. I yeah, see that. yeah. I like. I know it definitely got brought up. I don't really remember how it got up, but, but that's fair. I do agree, though, that uh, because Drama Club is so important to her at this point from that book we had with her, that it would make sense that she'd want to focus more on that than this very hastily thrown together <laughs> classroom project. To be honest, <laughs> what well, if you were an actor? What would you rather perform? Something by Shakespeare or something by Elizabeth fucking Wakefield? Well, well, true. To be fair, I'd probably rather do the Five Eight Sweet Valley than Shakespeare. Mini Shakespeare. I like yeah. Shakespeare. 
I will also say, as a, you know, my, my new canon is Maria said, probably thinking, yeah, I'll get involved in that. And then just seeing that Bowman was in charge and it was going to be two <laughs> weeks and the, everyone was squabbling and yep. she just went, fuck that noise. No, oh, sorry, uh, drama club, yeah. Mm. Too busy. I'm sorry, all of my scam flags are, are waving. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. She speaks spoke to her agents. Her agents like, abort, abort, no. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Yes, okay. As usual. <laughs> yes, so we have bleaked it mildly and we've rated it. So does anyone have anything left to say or should we just say goodbye to our listeners? Well, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Goodbye, listeners. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Sweet Valley Online podcast about book number 53, The Slime That Ate Sweet Valley. You can access all of our past recaps and podcasts at sweetvalley.online, a member of the nostalgicbookshelf.com family. Check us out on facebook.com forward slash sweetvalleyonline or Tumblr at sweetvalleyonline.tumblr.com. Our music is supplied by Stuart Taylor and he can be contacted at taylorstuart602 at gmail.com for all of your musical needs. We can be found on Twitter under Sweet Valley underscore for me, Devil's Elbow Pod for Wing, and Bookshelf underscore Raven for Raven. Next week, we'll be talking about Sweet Valley Twins number 54, The Big Party Weekend. Until then, don't make a movie in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>